Okay, so this morning, I'm starting a new series, different from the advertised one, titled Temperature. Temperature. It's a very serious title. Temperature. Everybody shout temperature. temperature. Now, how many of you have noticed that when you go to the hospital, the first thing they do is to take your temperature? Because once the nurse takes your temperature and sends your folder to the doctor, before you even get to the doctor, there is an indication of your health status. For one of the fastest ways and the first way to identify if somebody is sick or not is by taking the person's temperature. So your temperature will indicate whether you are a sick person or not. Recently, COVID, you, when you take your temperature and your temperature is above 37, it gets to 38, thereabout, then you are a COVID suspect. You, you, you get it? So, so temperature taking is very important. It identifies... Uh, it tells our health status protocol. I don't need to instruct from here that when the child is making noise, the child has to go out. The parent must carry the child out. We will finish our children, the, the toddlers department soon. So, so the series on temperature is actually to test all of us to see is a health check for all of us. And Jesus did this. Jesus took the temperature of a church in the book of Revelation and actually told them the state of their health. And the reason why we call for a revival in this church is because we want Jesus, when he takes our temperature, should be impressed with who we are and what we have become as a church. Amen. So quickly, Turn with me to Revelations chapter 3 from the verse 14 to the verse 17. To the angel of the church of Laodiceans, of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the, of the creation of God. I know thy works you got to underline that i know thy works that you are neither cold nor hot i wish you were cold or hot so then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot i will vomit you out of my mouth Jesus, in taking the temperature of the church in Laodicea, established that the church was cold, but in doing so, the church was lukewarm. In doing so, he gave us three ways that, when the three results that you will get if we take the temperature of a church or a Christian. The three results that you will get. 
So you go to the next slide, there's something I call the Christian life thermometer. So in the Christian life thermometer, you are either a cold Christian, a lukewarm Christian, or a hot Christian when your temperature is taken. But how did Jesus take their temperature? He says, he said, I know thy works. In other words, your works for God shows whether you are cold, you are lukewarm, or you are hot. How active you are in church, how active you are in prayer, how active you are in worship, how active you are in serving, how active you are in paying your tithe, how active you are in walking in holiness and in purity determines your temperature. Determines your temperature. Now, now, have you ever seen that in football, before a player is changed, the one that is coming on the field will have to warm up for some time before he's brought on onto the field to play. Because the warmer you get, the more efficient you become. Sometimes I want to go for walk and I feel so lazy to get up. Then I say, okay, let me just go and do some four kilometers and come. Then I begin to walk and I'm counting how long would one kilometer take? I'm looking at my watch and I'm not getting one kilometer. And I'm worried, can I make this even four kilometers? By the time I hit Two kilometers, I feel the second kilometer came too early. By the time I hit the third kilometer, it is even faster. And I'm thinking my watch is probably deceiving me. By the time I hit the fourth kilometer, I want to go to the fifth one, and I want to go to the sixth one, and I want to do the seventh kilometer. Why? As my body warms up, the more active the more energized I become to even be able to do more. So the hotter your temperature in a Christian life, the better you do. Are you here? The better you do. Today we want to focus. So in the next three Sundays, we are going to look at the characteristics. Today, for instance, we are looking at the characteristics of a cold Christian. Then we look at the characteristics of a lukewarm Christian. And then we will come to look at the characteristics of a hot Christian. So, the characteristics, the six characteristics, or the six ways the devil succeeds in making many Christians cold. The six ways the devil succeeds in making many Christians cold. The devil's number one agenda. Okay, so let's go back to the temperature again. I want to show you something. 
let's go back to temperature. See, when you are hot, when you are at the top, we say you are revived. So there's a revival for you. When you are at the lukewarm stage, you have become carnal. When you become cold, you, have, um, you are dead. You are a dead Christian. And the devil enjoys. So, so at the lukewarm level, you are half dead. At the cold level, you are dead. At the hot level, you are alive. Today, I want to show you the six ways the devil succeeds in making many Christians cold. And I'll conclude by looking at the dangers of becoming a cold Christian. And I will suggest a few points on how to start warming yourself up. If you are a cold Christian now, I'm not going to ask you to start getting hot. I'm going to ask you to start gradually, start warming up. Start warming up. And I'll show you how to start warming up. Are you here with me? Good. So to be able to make it very easy, very practical for all of us to just get a quick understanding on how to warm up and to get up from that cold state and gradually get to that hot believer. You know, the nickname for a hot Christian is, is the Ojashios brother or the Ojashios sister now 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 it's not in the terminology of this generation because they are not ojashios they are not hot oja in 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 my language is fire so when we say ojashios brother means the fireshios brother ojashios sister means the fireshios the fireshios sister but today we, we don't use it we don't use the the ojashios things anymore because most christians are cold today and they don't care they don't really care how cold they have become they don't really care the choir sincere and sings and the presence of god is coming down you won't clap your hands you won't stand up to worship you won't you are tired as you are sitting here you are tired you wish that this man finished this thing and let me go home and sleep but once you get home, oh, you won't sleep. No, no. The only place you feel sleepy is in church. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, let me not even preach next week's sermon. Next week, I'll look at the lukewarm Christian. And I'll look at the seven spirits of lukewarmness. But today, let me look at the cold Christian. So to be able to give you a picture of how the devil works you to become cold i'm using things that you are familiar with so take for instance your remote and your tv um i hope all of us have tvs here if you don't have i'm sorry i can't do anything about it it's not my fault but at least if you don't have, I remember when our parents didn't have TV. There used to be black and white TVs. And you would go and stand behind somebody's window and watch it. So, so even if you have TV, you have seen a TV with a remote before. So you buy a TV, they give you a remote control. So I can sit afar 
and uh, watch and use your remote to control it. My remote, every remote in my house has plaster on it because of Nana MVR. Falls down, that, you know. But you control your TV. And, and you use the remote, to, the remote to put your TV in a certain mode so your TV can function in a certain way. I have taken a few of the modes on the, on the remote control to try to show you how the devil works you gradually from being a hot Christian into becoming a cold Christian and how some of you have become so cold, so cold that coming to church even on Sunday morning is a struggle. Oh yeah, some of you, your, your wives will have to wake you up, fight with you, beg you. Some of you, your wives went on their knees to beg you to come to church this morning. Some of your husbands virtually will have to fight you to come to church. Some of you reading the Bible, eh? reading the Bible. Oh, shh. It's a difficult thing for you. It's a difficult thing for you. When was the last time you opened the Bible app on your phone? But throughout this preaching, I'll be preaching. You won't take notes. You'll be on your Facebook. You are here, but you are watching me on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the reason, the reason is that you love being on Facebook. I will go there to check because I want to see the number of people who are watching. But why are you there? Oh Lord, help us. So let me show you quickly, so I don't keep you here for long. Let me show you quickly. Number one, there is a function on the remote control that is called pause. So that the devil puts you, the first step, the first strategy of the devil in making you a cold Christian is to put you, make you temporarily inactive. Let me go further to explain it. So all of you look, look here. You know something. This sermon will be on Facebook. Go and make your notes. So don't open anything. I said you should open. By me, I said don't open. I want you to look at me. Okay? Then when you leave here, go back home and make your notes. Or else you'll miss some key things. Watch it again on Facebook. And when you are watching, let me know. I'll go back there to see that you went back to watch. Right, daddy? I came to watch. Okay? Now, now, listen to me. When you travel, it depends on the kind of class that you the ticket you buy when you are flying. So the economy class has the weight of a luggage you can bring in. Then the business class also has a certain weight you can carry in. And then the first class also has a certain weight you can carry in. Now, you should be sure that when you are going to the airport, you have not gone beyond your weight. Because if you go beyond your weight, you have to pay for the extra weight. Sometimes you get to the airport and how much you have to pay for the extra weight and look at some things that are giving the weight. You can go to a cheap shop somewhere and buy a boot for $20.
and it is that boot and the other boot because they were it was twenty dollars you bought three then you get to the airport and they say you have overweight and then you have to pay hundred dollars so why keep a sixty dollar thing and pay for hundred dollars so you know what you do at the airport you open your luggage and begin to look at all the things you deem to be cheap not essential not important for you and you begin to take them out take them out usually if somebody accompanied you to the airport you tell the person please keep this at home for me when i come next time i'll come and collect it or if nobody is with you unfortunately you have to drop them in the dustbin you have to really drop them in the dustbin unfortunately now sometimes we come to that aspect of our lives where we are overloaded our lives are overloaded and we have to open our luggages and take some things out in order to free ourselves so that we can function and move on so you get a new job and suddenly the job has been added to your already full luggage and therefore is giving a certain weight on you so you have to now open the luggage and take some things out most of the times as christians the things we want to take out are not friends another time we spend on social media by the things we do for god so because of my new job i can't go for choir rehearsals again because of my new job i will have to stop the prayer warriors meeting because of this new job i can't be part of the children's department anymore now now you are not taking them out that you are stopping you are saying that okay i want because i've gotten a new job i want to now structure my life i'll come back i'll come back so the choir leader calls you so oh, having left the choir i'll come i'm just trying to settle my life so you are pausing that's where the devil begins when he wants to make you cold because honestly speaking if you truly want to get things off your luggage and be less weightier you will find other things other than spiritual things to get out because usually like i said usually the things you take out of your luggage at the airport are the things that are not so essential they are not so important so sit there ask yourself the last few months you got a job or you got busier the last few years you got married the last few months or years that you started the university what are the things that you are taking out of your luggage if it has anything to do with the things of god such as prayer such as fasting such as bible studies such as evangelism such as serving in the department of the church i want you to know that the devil has put you on pause 
And all the time, your excuse is perfect for you. Oh, I'll do it, but I'll, I'll come back. Oh, after the choir, I haven't left, I'll come back. Oh, after the prayer warriors, I haven't left, I'll come back. When you see people speaking like that, then you must know that the process of getting them from being hot Christians to becoming cold Christians have just started. The processes have just started. Are you here with me? So I'm calling on that brother here and that sister here who is just emptying your, your, your luggage and you are, the things you are taking out which should be the things that are not important, that are not essential that you are taking out. Please make sure you don't take out prayer. Please make sure you don't take out your Bible studies. Please make sure you don't take out your service to God. Please make sure you don't take out things that connects you to God. Because if you are doing that, it is the beginning of the devil walking you into a very cold place in your Christian life. Now, how many of you know that there are things that when you pause for a long time, you pause for a long time, you begin to find it difficult to restart. Say you are, you exercise. You exercise regularly. And then probably you, you, something happens and then you stop exercising. Then after a while, when you want to start again, you feel so lazy to do it. So don't even start pausing things in the realms of the spirit. Are you here? Because when you pause it, you cannot restart it. You might not be able to restart it. Don't say my new job means I have to wake up early and beat the traffic. And so I'm suspending my morning devotion. Please sleep early. Wake up early. Do your morning devotion. Why you must, why you are supposed to, what you are supposed to take out of the luggage is not your morning devotion. It is your late sleeping. Take it out. Are you here with me? I am very busy. So nowadays, I can't do the things I have to do. Look at the things that keep you busy. There are some of them you can do away with them instead of the things of God. If the devil succeeds in making you begin to think that church is occupying you too much, um, um, church activities are occupying you too much, you have enough as a good excuse. And sometimes we get to that point where we say God even understands. God even understands that my children are young. God understands that my children are young. God understands. God even understands. When the devil brings that coldness, and that coldness affects your children, and they are growing up and they don't love church, that is where you begin to now see that God did not understand you. He was confused about your attitude. There's this mode that leads, when the devil succeeds in letting you pause, after a while, he moves to the next one. It's called the rewind mode. Now, the rewind mode is now the backsliding spirit. The devil now sends a backsliding spirit into your life. Because you have paused 
prayer you have paused serving the lord you have paused a number of things now you begin to realize that you begin to go back to the things you left your old boyfriend begins to come your old girlfriend begins to, and please note this the devil is a smart devil the devil is not looking for you to fall from the faith i'm not talking about you falling from the faith he he's not looking for you to fall from the faith he wants you to remain in the faith but be ineffective and eventually go to hell so come into church the devil doesn't care if you don't go to chris berries and you come here as far as he knows he will get you to hell he's okay Oh, I used to go to Chris Berry's, but now a church came close to Chris Berry's, so now I go to that church. So nowadays, I don't go there again, now I go to that church. But have you accepted Jesus? Are you living the, Christ, the good Christian? As far as the devil knows that you are just a church goer, not a Christian, he doesn't care where you spend your Sunday mornings. He doesn't care. Now, as I stand here right now, there are some people eating on Mutuo this Sunday, somewhere, and drinking beer with their girlfriends whilst their wives are at home taking care of the children and you are here but the two of you your names may not be in the lamb's book of life you are all candidates for hell the fact that you have changed where you spend sunday morning does not mean you are going to heaven <clears throat> I, 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 are you here with me now you have to understand that the devil has a strategy and one of the most efficient strategies of the devil is to make you pause so that he can start getting you rewinding your Christian life. You are now redefining the things. I'm biography, the dust of the draw. You know, you used to pray for long ago, then the price too much. Now it's not about prayer, it's about strategy, it's about thinking, it's about, you know. And I've seen some of you actually rewinding. And I pity you. You are even rewinding in your service to God. You used to come to choir rehearsals 30 minutes before everybody comes. Now you are the last person to arrive and you have a good excuse. You have a good reason why you have come in late. When we came here first, how, how your zeal came? Now you see when you come to church. When I'm in the pulpit. When the praise is almost over. So you see, backsliding starts gradually. It's going back to the things you left. Reducing your prayer. Reducing your Bible studies. Reducing your everything. But it begins by the devil succeeding in pausing you. When the devil now succeeds in rewinding you. To go back to the things you left. To go back to your vomit. To go back to that girl. To go back to that woman. To go back to that uh, man. To go back to that boy. To go back to that lifestyle. To go back to alcohol again. To go back to drugs again. When the devil succeeds in getting you back. The next thing you do. Is that he puts you on record. The record mode. You know what you do? You console yourself with what you did in the past. Eight years ago, the way we used to fast, eh? The way we used to, we have done things for God, oh. We have done things for God. We have done things for God. God is not a God of the past. He's the God of the now and the future. What you have done, you have finished doing it. What are you doing now? Hey, 
we have done things for God. Oh. I remember when we used to go to the church and carry blocks. And when we're building, we used to be there to carry blocks to build it. What are you doing now? One way in which the devil tries to let you lessen your guilt is to take your eyes from your current state and take you to your past. And you build on your past glory. In my village, we used to keep the church offering. And we, I never stole one. There was never a time I even stole one church offering. Our house. Our village. was my father who started and we used to be in the choir. Where are you now? Not what you used to be, but who you are now. This is the Christian life is a race. You can't take off in a race and be looking back. You will never arrive at your destination. But the devil has succeeded in making most of you look back. This is where coldness starts. And many Christians today are so cold, the only thing they can talk about is their past. What they did for the Lord 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. We used to be the financiers. We used to pay our tithe. We used to do this. When you hear people saying, I used to, I used to, I used to. You know that the devil has blinded them from their current state. Are we here? Are we moving? Okay, it's supposed to be four, but I think I named it um, five. So this is four. So number four. Number four is the sleep mode. If the devil succeeds in putting the watchman to sleep, then the watchman is in danger. <laughs> now hear me. You see, the devil builds this gradually. So he begins by letting you pause. Then he moves on from there by letting you rewind. And then from there, by letting, putting you on the record mode. And then from there, now he puts you on sleep. No, you can put your TV and things on sleep. Yeah. They are not off, but they are also not on. Sometimes I don't know the difference. TV news, you see TV is not off, it is asleep. But you see, let me tell you this. God has called you to be a watchman. Every Christian is a watchman. But the first person you watch over is you. You don't, you see, as a pastor, I watch over myself first before I watch over you. When I start watching over my life, over myself, I'm in danger. The enemy will get me. When you put a watchman at your gate, the watchman himself, when he's sleeping and thinks that he's cheating you, he's getting money from you by his sleeping, he's actually putting his life in danger. Because the thief will come and will kill him first. And in most cases, it is the watchman who is at the place 
where there are no security locks. Most houses now have security locks. So people can kill the watchman in your compound, but can still not be able to enter into your rooms. So if the watchman is thinking that when I sleep, I'm cheating my employer, he's cheating himself. You are the one out there. You are the one exposed. You are the one that the thieves will see first. It will be so sad to wake up in hell. <laughs> Instead of waking up at where you slept. Yes, I'm sleeping. I'm sleeping. Enjoying myself. These are people, these people are fools. They are paying me to watch here, but I sleep more than them. I sleep more than them. I'm sleeping. Then armed robbers come in, shoot you in your sleep. You wake up, you appear in hell. <laughs> But you see, listen. The Bible commands us to be sober and vigilant. Because our adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion. When the devil brings you to a place of sleep, when he's even working against you, you don't see it. The, dev the devil can cause... A couple to sleep and then he will cause trouble amongst them and none of them will discern that this fight we have been fighting is demonic let's declare prayer and fasting and keep the devil out they will see themselves as the enemy and the devil will be relaxing they will fight and separate themselves one of them will sleep in the guest room the other will sleep in the bedroom in the night, the devil goes to sleep in the bedroom with a man and relax in your air-conditioned room. The midnight, he moves to your wife's bed. <laughs> and the devil is having fun in your house. He's having fun in your house. You are asleep. So witches and wizards are around you in your house. You don't see them. You don't see it. The devil is using a friend to get you out of church, get you out of a place where divine protection is for you, but you don't even see it. You are walking into a trap. You don't see it. Now, this is where the most painful part of getting cold is because this is where you can be entrapped this is where now the devil becomes a friend of yours this is where you now begin to speak like you now begin to speak like there is no devil anywhere you are your own devil <laughs> have you ever said that, that before if you have said that before I'm telling you you have come to that place of sleeping you are your own devil. There's no devil anywhere. You are your own devil. Then there's no God anywhere. You are your own God. If we say that, then that's just that should be. You, you understand? This is where you stop spiritual warfare. The devil virtually blinds you from everything he does. And you are just following and falling into his traps. Then now the fifth one, the stop mode. The stop mode now you're no longer on pause you're no longer listen now 
you stop everything. The devil's number one agenda is to stop you from serving God. Now you stop everything you do. You can even stop church and say now church is in the heart. Oh yeah, you can say church is in the heart. I'm the temple of the living God. I'm a priest. For the Bible says that we are kingdom of priests. I don't need a pastor. I'm a priest myself. Everyone begins to let you think like that. I don't know this thing about spiritual father, spiritual fatherhood, and spiritual fatherhood, and spiritual fatherhood. It, it doesn't work. It's not true. They are only using it to control us. I've seen people who actually feel that their pastors owe them appreciation. Once I'm not being appreciated, I have stopped what I'm doing. I'm not being appreciated, so I have stopped what I'm doing. And you see, this, this is the highest form of deception. When you come to that place where you think that if you stop what you are doing in the house of God, the church will collapse or the church will, will stop functioning. This is God's church. Oh. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. I mean, one time I preached against 419. Some people came together and said they won't pay tithe again. And they have stopped paying tithe since then, up to now. This church, we have become even richer. We have become better. God blesses me financially every day and could, I can finance this church from head to toe. And God is saying, congratulations, you preached that message. Congratulations, they felt offended. Congratulations, they stopped paying tight. I am now going to give you more than necessary. So that they can't stand anywhere and say, uh-huh. you see, once we stop paying the tight, now look at them, look at them. They don't even have a place. Now we are spoiled for choice. I said I was going to keep going in this tent for five years. I'm even beginning to think that I may start building before the five years. We are spoiled for choice. We are spoiled for choice. So, so don't let the devil bring you to that point where you think that if I stop something I'm doing in church, it will affect the church. You have no spiritual understanding of what a church is. You know that if I stop preaching here and I stop pastoring this church, God will raise a better pastor. And then some of you will say, ah, then you should have left this church early. You should have left. Because this is doing better. This is doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. I mean, some of us got a chance to emerge because other people around our pastors felt so big and they left our pastors. And we were nothing. And our pastor says, can you do what he was doing? He said, yes. And then we did it and people said, ah, you are even doing it better. So, so he was even a hindrance. Sometimes eh, God puts the spirit of foolishness even in the hearts of people. And then they act foolishly and they leave their place of leadership. Another one takes because God begins to feel that you are becoming a hindrance. I'm telling you. You see, when you go through these things, at a certain level of coldness, you become a hindrance. You become a hindrance to what God wants to do. You become a hindrance to where God wants to take the church. And God himself will, will sometimes remove you. You remember that it was God that hardened the heart of Pharaoh. It was God that hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Sometimes you get so cold and then God will say that, no, 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 you don't deserve to be around my servant. And then he will harden your heart and kick you out. And kick you out. 
Am I preaching now? So why is the church so quiet? Oh, the church is quiet, Papa. I'm not giving you facial, facial revival where we are coming here. We'll pray on Friday where we are coming here. Aye, 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 aye. And then I'm revived, I'm revived, I'm revived, I'm revived. And then you go back and do the same thing again. You see, the word revives more. I'm, I'm trying to show you your state. And then you can now begin to think about how do I get back? Okay, I'm told that I need to buy more lights. When I come here, they don't see me well in the camera. These are the visual people. <laughs> they control my movement. Very soon they will give me earpiece. When I'm moving, they say, Daddy, don't go there, don't go there, don't go there. Then I'll come back. So if you see I'm not coming to your area a lot, it's audiovisual. Are you guys there? <laughs> okay. So have I brought you to a point to understand how the devil plays with you and how the devil gradually gets you to become very cold so that the devil takes you away from people that can really help you to meet the standard of God and push you under people I have, I have seen one houseboy of mine who left my house and immediately became a pastor in another church. And all the sermons he was preaching that made him very popular in that church were my sermons. Oh, every sermon he preached. Now he's gone into oblivion. He's finished. He has vanished. It was the devil's own plan of stopping him doing the things God has called him to do. You don't choose your church. God chooses your church for you. You don't choose your pastor. God chooses your pastor for you. You should be in a church under a pastor based on a rhema. What did God tell you? Why are you here? When you are like that, nothing moves you. Now, I want to repeat the things I've been repeating a lot. This church, or every church is a hospital. And it's made up of people who come with all manner of sicknesses that cannot be treated in Kolebu. So, armed robbers will be here, prostitutes will be here. Can a prostitute go to, go to a doctor and say, Dog, I'm a prostitute. What medicine can I take? Do they, do they do that? Is there a prostitute here who can tell us? Oh, doctor, I'm a prostitute. I sleep with seven men uh, a day. What can I do? What can I do? Maybe the doctor will give you some medicine to reduce your libido. Maybe that is, that is the only thing the doctor can do. But, but the real hospital for such people is here. You can't go and say, doctor, I'm an arm robber. I have come. Give me some injection. Maybe they have to give you some Valium so that you sleep. When you sleep, you don't rub. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So, so you don't come to a church to find saints. Here is made up of sinners who wants to be saints. And will never attain sainthood until Christ Jesus comes. So this is where you should offend. If we were alright, if we were alright, we wouldn't be coming to church. Because we are not alright. So expect me to offend you 
and I expect you to offend me because we are all not all right. Look at somebody, tell the person, why should I still wear your mask? Brother, sister, you are not all right. And tell the person, me too, I'm not all right. And tell the person, don't be offended by my attitude and my behavior. I am trying very hard. So the final mode the devil puts you and that he has gotten you is the off mode. A disconnection from the source of your Christian life energy. God. Now, if you put all this, if you put your TV off, what it means is that, it doesn't mean power is not coming. Power is coming. But then you have cut off the power from entering the TV. So you put it off. Now, the final stage where you get in, you are, it's almost impossible for you. It will take a long time for you to, to, to be hot again. Is the off mode. Nothing moves you. Nothing. You can sin and sin and let the pastor call you. Let the prophet call you and say, that's yes, the Lord. Last night, you went to sleep with somebody's wife. That's yes, the Lord. If you don't stop, you will die in three months. It is true. You will just, but you see, you become so much of seared conscience. It doesn't hit you. Look at the prophet's face. But immediately after the meeting, you go back to that woman, say woman again. At the off mode, eh, nothing changes you. No matter what. So there are some, where, when you see that your pastor has stopped advising you and has stopped rebuking you for your sins, and your pastor knows you are doing all these things, but he doesn't talk about it again. Please, you should know that you have gotten into a dangerous situation. Because your pastor feels that it's a waste of time for me to be talking. Because you are so off. You are so off that when you are being spoken to, it's like pouring water on a rock. So when you get to that stage, we leave you for Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we, we, are, we are better pastors than Apostle Paul. For Apostle Paul, he gave someone to Satan. He says, I have handed him over to Satan. In fact, there are some church members that we should be handing them over to Satan. But, but because of grace, we hand them over to Christ. We say, Jesus, Jesus, you brought this sheep. You died for this sheep. Please, handle him yourself. Handle her yourself. For us, for us, our limitation is here. Jesus, okunye, okun. Oh, yeah. There are some people when you are praying for them, when they come into your mind and you are going to pray for them, you sing this song. Jesus, 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 Then you finish the prayer for that person, then you move on to another one. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, you have to keep that in. Yeah. There are a number of pastors. Who will ignore some people in their churches, not because they are afraid of them, but because they have handed them over to Jesus. That Jesus, this is your case, not our case. It's gone beyond us, and we are not dealing with it. So if, if you know you are doing things and your pastor is ignorant, he's not talking, he's not afraid of you. He has just handed you over to Jesus. Now, the dangers of being a cold Christian, the dangers of being a cold Christian, Acts 28, from the verse 1 to the verse 3. 
once safely on shore we found out that the island was called Malta. this was paul and some people traveling and they had um shipwreck so they had to land on some island and then they said the island was called Malta. the island islanders showed us unusual kindness here they built a fire and welcomed us welcomed us all because it was raining and cold so when the, where there is coldness you build fire you remember those of you who lived in a village your parents would do bonfire and all of us would sit around it just to keep us warm now paul gathered a pile of brushwood and as he put it on in the fire a viper driven out by the heat fastened itself on his hand now because the island was cold there were snakes there you know snakes like cold places that's why if you want to be safe if you want to be very safe and do the right things don't leave cold places in your house dr mills is in town the uncle of the church welcome sir don't leave cold places in your house because those are the places where scorpions and dangerous animals will hide don't leave a blog lying down there recently um i think one of mommy's relatives had blocks in his house he was just going to i think he went to just recline on the block and something beat him it was either a scorpion or a snake or a scorpion you see so cold places are where dangerous whatever symbol god has used for satan like snakes and serpents like like serpents and scorpions you see these animals they operate in cold places so if you are a cold christian the devil has a resident in your life he's your he is he's, he's your he's not your neighbor he shares bed with you the devil patches with those who are cold with those who are cold he patches with them he patches with those who are cold and that is why i want to suggest to you how you can quickly warm up now i'm not telling you now to get hot we will get there but at least warm up please lukewarmness is better than coldness so at least warm up warm up here i'm not comparing good and better i'm comparing bad and worse it is it is bad to be lukewarm but it is worse to be cold okay so do these things do these things pray daily daily now how do you pray daily you need somebody to help you jump start your prayer life there are so many morning devotions going on on facebook and on radio stations that if you want somebody to jump start your prayer life you can do it see when we used to do the midday prayer they are all still there they are all still on facebook go and look for them download them when you wake up in the morning play them and pray the topics are shared because we did it for several months apostle and the rest they all did this so those prayer things are there go back to them it will help you kickstart your prayer because you can't do it alone 
You need, you need something to help you do it. But make sure you pray daily. Then don't run away from prayer meetings when we organize them. Our Friday prayer and fasting sessions. Be part of it. It will help you revive. So you come, you cast small fire. Then you go and increase the fire at home. Read the Bible daily. Sometimes you get so cold. Reading it becomes difficult. Please download audio Bibles. Stop playing them. Put earphones in your ears. Play the audio Bible. Play it and play it and play it over and over, over and over. It will trigger your interest in reading the Bible. Fast regularly. At least on the day you were born. If it's a Friday or Saturday or Sunday, at least fast. Thankfully, this church, we fast every Friday. Join the fast. Join the fast. If you can't do six to six, do what you can, but just do it. Some can do, please, don't say that for me, six to ten, I, I bind that. <laughs> at least six to twelve, try it. Twelve, six to two, try it. Six to four, try it. Six to six, better. But if you cannot, just do what you can. Just do what you can. Oh, and for me, dear, when there's no food, I shake. Take fruits. You do fruit fasting. The whole day, just take fruits. But please make sure that you don't take fruits that will amount to fufu. <laughs> do something. Wake up yourself. Don't be in that cold situation. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, brother. Hit yourself, warm yourself, hit yourself, warm yourself. It is, it is, it is, it is insane to go into a wintry condition and then you have heater and you don't put it on and you die. I'm showing you the heaters. Pray daily, read the Bible daily, fast regularly, serve the Lord consistently. What kept me on fire for the Lord was serving the Lord. Serving the Lord. And listen, every department in this church, the most important aspect of your service is praying together. So men's fellowship, when you meet, you should pray for at least one hour before your meeting. Women's fellowship, when you meet, the same. Choirs, when you meet, the same. Pray. Pray together because that's how we grew. We didn't grow up from the macro pastor of the church. What I'm doing now is called macro pastoring. I'm speaking to all of you. Not all of you even understand what I'm saying. But that small group that you belong to, if that group's leader is spiritual enough to pick what I've preached, share it and use it as a prayer topic. Now, if your group leader is not using my sermon as prayer topics in your department, watch that person. I'm telling you. When the women beat, they should first and foremost say, the daddy's sermon on this, we want to use it to pray. When the choir meets, they should use it. When the men meet, they should use it. When the women meet, they should use it. If in the department you are meeting and the person has gone to bring another pastor's sermon, you should be wary of that pastor. 
or weary of that leader. They evangelize the lost regularly. I'm telling you. Tell somebody, just tell the person Jesus loves you. Share your personal testimony with the person. It is a way in which it energizes you and builds you. One of the key weapons we have with which we overcome the devil is testimony. Testimony is a weapon. You can overcome. Anybody who says, I shared my testimony and after that I got attacked. I got attacked. You did not share Jesus in your testimony. You shared yourself in the testimony. You wanted people to know how powerful you are as a Christian. Not how powerful Christ is. And his work with you and in you and through you. Are you here with me? If we do these things, you are, you are beginning to warm up. By the time I finish this series, you become hot. So I have shown you how the three stages of our Christian temperature levels. Cold, lukewarm, and hot. Today we are there with cold. And because we are there with cold, we are going to warm up. How many of you are ready to warm up? In the next five minutes, we are going to pray what I call the warm-up prayer. The warm-up prayer, you know what you are saying the Lord? You are saying the Lord, Father, I pray, let the fire start again. I come before you, let some fire start. Father, no matter how small it is, let it start. Let it even start in my prayer life or start in my Bible. Whatever it is, Lord, let some fire start. Let some fire start. Rise on your feet.